The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. What's in your wallet? Wednesday, the later you're at your workplace on a Wednesday, the looser it gets. We may have somebody drilling in the background, and if you hear that, it's, it's our apologies. And yeah. if you don't hear it, um, it's in my head. Yeah. we got Will Reeve co-hosting all day today. And, uh, again, happy Thanksgiving to everybody getting ready for the holiday. We were supposed to have Paul Pierce here. We had him on SportsCenter a little bit earlier, so we could see some on the West Coast where that's all being moved around. Chip Kelly's future with Bruce Feldman a little bit later. The SEC, one of our co-workers, sent out a tweet saying, hey, you guys can talk all you want. SEC's still the best. I know people around the country were like, no way, an ESPN guy said that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do want to do that conversation with you. But there is something alarming that happened. And, Will, I, how well do you know Saruti? Have you talked to him? Because you guys are kind of in that – What you guys the same age or is Will like 20? I'm, I just graduated high school. but Saruti's How old are not. you, seriously? I'm 25. 25. All right. That's older than I even thought. Saruti, what are you – that's younger than I thought. Oh, really? I'm 28. You're 28. Yep. God, Saruti at 30. It's gonna be weird. We're the same age. Yeah, like, I would call yeah. us the same. Yeah, age. Yeah, no, I just thought I thought you were in your late 20s. I'm mistaken. Does I, that bum you out that he's 25? Bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was still bartending. I wasn't even. I wasn't doing anything. Um. So, well, unless you're bartending and, and you're really into it, um, that's bartending great. rules. It, man. it can be a great career. Anyway, uh, the reason why we even bring up any of this stuff is, and this is, could be Phil, because Pierce could be the kind of guy that calls in in an hour. So I'm just going to go ahead and do this. You will, how big are you? Like, what, what does that mean? Uh, usually it just means height, weight. Well, I don't know, man. Answer. Like, with you and the muscles, I don't no, know no, if no. I'm supposed to know the circumference of my biceps off the top of my head. No, we don't have to worry about okay. that. Okay. Because so, you definitely do. I'm 6'3, about 200 pounds. Okay. All right. Big dude. Saruti so is smaller than you think. I'm um, 5'10", a solid 156. What is a solid versus what's the it's alternative? Really, you know, a good, strong 156. Like, would you, you could get leverage on me and, like, take me yeah, down? Yeah, like, lower, That's what good, solid good leg strength, you know, core strength is all right. No <laughs> six-pack, but. So that was the, the thing, yeah, is, the, is that once people discover that Euro Saruti, and this is Saruti 3.0 because he's done all the different hairstyles. He loves this Roma. This is a great hairstyle, by the way. You look really good. They all work with him. Thanks, it's a new one. You just have good hair. And a you, great I mean, hairline. So do you. I don't know. No, thank like, you. Don't I act like, it. you know. I can leave, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. I thought what you guys were talking about before the show, you could have done the show today, and I could have bounced early if I wanted to. But the reason to bring this up is that, Saruti, what are you, one tattoo in? I got one. Yep. Uh, wrist tattoo. Roman numeral. And you think he looks like? You look facially with the hair and the beard and your general appearance and your size like a European soccer player. So you could go all out tattoos like sleeve. You could get the leg sleeve like Leo Messi. You could get something on your like stomach and chest. It would all work for you. Which is the ultimate compliment that you could possibly yeah. pay me. You couldn't have said anything nicer to him. I'm just. I know my audience. I know he's a huge Roma guy. You I'm look like a... Francesco Totti. Yeah, look at this. Look at this guy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm just a little hesitant because I may not stay for the third hour. <laughs> I feel like this. How how much staying power does this style have? That's my question, and that's what I think everybody should be afraid of right now. And this is why, even if you're not a soccer guy or into two millennials hitting on each other on the radio, <laughs> I think this is why everybody can benefit from this conversation. Because I'll admit, soccer, tatted guy, fun hair, different styles all the time, that's a good look. Oh, for, if you can pull it off, that's take it to the bank. David Beckham, perfect example. Right. But how much longer can this go? The bubble has to be there. This has to be just multi-tat, crazy hair. The Euro soccer guy himself is never going out of style. 
But I think Saruti at 28 for you now, and when I said you only got one tattoo and you kind of had this glimmer in your eye, like maybe you're going to take a shot at the full sleeve, <laughs> I just feel like you're getting into the full sleeve a little late. Yeah, don't think I haven't thought all this stuff through. That's probably one of the reasons that I don't have a full sleeve tattoo. Well, also, because I work in a professional environment, I don't know how that would go over. Oh, I think it'd go over. Oh, well you'd now. be fine. Where does like where do you stop in terms of like teasing it out, and where do you say, oh, I can't? I, I think thirty is kind of the, the, the limit. Like once you're thirty, you can't. I, I feel like I'm a young 28, but 30 is kind of a number where I don't know if you're trying out super hairstyles and, and getting sleeve tattoos, unless you're like Brad Pitt or somebody like that. So pick, pick and just pull it off? Yeah, yeah. I think if you work That's in like... We, I don't know if Brad Pitt's the perfect example. No, because he, he has all those... He has a ton of tattoos. He does? He his, oh, my God. Yeah. Do you see that GQ thing he did when he was in the desert taking pictures? He has tattoos all over. No, I'll have to check that out in my uh, private time. Yeah, there you go. Can we have somebody call in right now that's a little bit older that's that maybe's full sleeve now at forty two? Regrets it? Yeah, no. Triple H say regrets it, loves it. Either way. Bikers, climbers, whatever you want to do. Triple H say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. I kinda want Saruti to do it for my own enjoyment. Because I think the full sleeve thing does look kind of cool. I, I if admit, you pull like, it off correctly, yeah. if you, you have to have a certain body type. Right. Like if you got a full sleeve tattoo, I'd be like, Oh, what went wrong? You'd look good. Wait a minute. That didn't sound very good. Like, what? what's happening in your life that made you, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> why Why do you have a full why sleeve now? tattoo? Yeah. Would it be because I'm, because I'm me or because I'm 42? <laughs> no, because I'm you. And, like, one day you show up. You're right, right. All if of a sudden. I, if I showed up full sleeves, say, you know, after Christmas, <laughs> right, they like, go, take a I don't know if we want to back. We don't know if we want to extend this guy. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. So Rudy at 28 would still be young enough. You'd be like, okay, he's finding himself out. I still think it's a good look. It's a little bit like the rose gold watch. Like, can you still do it now? Or are you getting it at the tail end of when it's cool? Now that's just a watch. You can resell it. This is your arm. And that's different. You don't have any tattoos. I don't. Um, I'm not opposed to getting one. I just don't at the moment have any. Just haven't got to it. Okay. Um, here's a plug for something else completely unrelated. Although, wait a minute, the UFC pod is up now, so those guys have tattoos. Everybody has tattoos. Subscribe right now, 30 for 30 podcast, and listen tab of the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Blue Moon, brewed with Valencia orange peel for a taste that shines brighter. Paul Pierce, definitely not this segment. Dwight, in Alaska, Dwight, uh, just describe yourself in the, the terms we were asking for someone to call in. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 42. Um, I got a wife and two kids. Um, I got a I got an arm sleeve. Uh, I'm also military too, so a lot of my tat, a lot of my tats are uh, military related. So you love it. You you love it. You're you're pumped about it, and you would tell Saruti to go for it, and that the style is never going to go out. Yeah, I'm cool with it because everything, all the tattoos I got, I'm not. Uh, I didn't get any like skulls or or anything naked women or anything that I'm going to be uh, ashamed of, you know, later on in my life. So yeah, I'd say go for it. Why not? So we're saying that the actual tattoo itself the 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 depiction matters what you're putting yeah, Dwight, on your i mean matters. dwight who served here it's he's he, the, the rules are different for him and he lives in alaska yeah which no one, you have yeah. to account for yeah so nobody's going to say to him like hey you know stupid military tats those are out of style okay, <laughs> right. cover really, those up no, so yeah you're right dwight you are right about this but i imagine saruti would get like the coliseum you know and he would there, get francesco tati maybe on his arm maybe some right? bonnie Vare <laughs> song Lyrics tattooed. Are you, on the back he's of a Bon Iver guy. Yeah, we're just up in the woods. <laughs> okay, Jason in Cleveland. We'll do one more of these. Jason. Hey guys, how are you? Yeah, just Excellent. go for it, man. Yeah. I really have a describe question. yourself. 
Hey, I'm 37 years old. I'm in my last semester of nursing school. I have a full sleeve right. on my right arm. Been there for about 16, 17 years, and I plan on sleeving the left one as soon as I'm done with school. I no regrets. Love it. Um, good conversation piece. Good starter, and you know, uh, no regrets whatsoever. Good work, Fokker. And and no one at the hospital is is looking at you differently. This is 2017, full sleeve. There's it doesn't matter, right? No, it's more acceptable. Now, some hospital systems, like as far as where we're at, I'll wear long sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, but patients love it. It's a good conversation starter. Um, it kind of breaks the ice. How big are your more. arms? That's I'm, what I thought I'm you small, Big guy, small arms, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> big guy, small arms? Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, arms are thin, but I'm bigger everywhere else, though. Short, stocky. All right, well, you get it's a lot right, of canvas man. to work with there, then. Thanks a lot, man. I pulled out my thing. <laughs> hmm? Uh, phrasing? Phrasing. Okay, I think it's... I think <laughs> my ear... <laughs> your my my okay. IP came out. Anyway. Okay. All right. I don't know that we solved anything other than no. Paul Pierce didn't join us. Well, hopefully... Paul Pierce does not have tattoos. Not true. Well, like, he's not all, like, yeah, he... full sleeve. Yeah, he's he's kind of the Durant fake tattoo thing. No, no, I, I, yeah. I, I should have phrased that better. He does not have the full arm thing that was very popular in his era that he operated in yeah mostly. that's that's weird because i remember when durant people were like oh he gets it he doesn't have tattoos no and then not, he took off his tank top once like, like whoa. whoa and they're all pretty like meaningful yeah right <laughs> and same with tim duncan duncan and ben affleck what's at well i don't even know let's tease affleck's tattoos for later <laughs> in the show might have been uh, for a movie it could know. be paul pierce uh or is the sec <laughs> Someone says it's still the best. It's not even close. I'm not sure if that's true. It's ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowners insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, "Mm, chocolate lab. And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowners insurance. All right, this SEC thing we're going to do later because Paul Pierce does join us now from Countdown. That's going to start 7 Eastern uh, right on ESPN. The coverage of the Celtics winning streak and all that stuff, so we have a lot going on. But he's one of my favorite players ever, and it's Paul Pierce now. What's up, man? How are you? Oh, we're waiting to get him on? Okay, perfect. The suspense builds. We're in a holding pattern, circling the runway. Yep. Can't wait to talk to him, though. I know. It's going to be exciting. 50 million people traveling over Thanksgiving tomorrow. And just thank everyone listening to us. I know. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to talk with Paul Pierce now. What's up, man? How are you? 
What's going on? Hey, so I watch you all the time with uh, with Beetle, Jalen, and Chauncey, and uh-huh. I've talked about you on the air here, and the, the stuff you say, you're not supposed to be this good at television this early. Do you realize <laughs> how, how good you are at this and getting everybody fired at you and mad and all this stuff? Have you noticed how good you are at being Paul Pierce on TV? <laughs> Hey, I'm just being myself, man. I'm just, you know, I, I say my opinion. I say how I feel, and, you know, that's how it's always been with me. All right. That's that's what I remember, you know, when you were in Boston. So, uh, let's, <laughs> all right, this Celtics team, and we'll do some of this other fun stuff a little bit later, but this Celtics team, how surprising is this with Kyrie playing defense and this young team overall playing as well as they are? Man, it's very surprising. It's just like when – the thing is when Gordon Hayward went down – I think a lot of the expectations for the Celtics went out the window. And so, you know, it sort of took the air out the building. But they, I think, really has rallied around that. You know, you got. No, oh, did we lose him? Really, right. This is what he came here for. This is what he came here for. Right. He came here to be, to be the lead guy, to show everybody that he can lead a team by itself, and then you got an excellent coach in Brad Stevens. I mean, it's just like the perfect storm now. you got veterans with youth and athleticism. I mean, this is going to be a scary team for a long time. You mentioned the youth. The youth acquired in large part because of the assets that the Celtics got back years ago when they traded you out of town alongside Kevin Garnett. And I'm curious, Paul, what sort of feeling do you get around the fact that, yes, you were traded out of Boston after that great run that you guys had, and you did continue your career elsewhere, but you're a Celtic at heart, and they love you there, and everyone knows you as a Celtic more than any, I would say. What sort of feeling do you get about the fact that you are basically the reason the Celtics have a chance to be good with these assets for like a decade plus? I feel like I should have a stake in ownership. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just happy because, like you said, I'm always going to be a Celtic. I'm always going to be associated with that. And and for me to have a part in the success that they're having now, you know, it it just, it it feels great. Although I didn't want to get traded. I never wanted to play for another team. You know, you got to understand that's the business that you go through that. But, you know, I still have a great relationship with the owners. Uh, Wick, Steve Palayuka, you know, I still have a great relationship with Danny Ainge. And uh, just to see him now, you know, I'm, I'm the Celtics' biggest fan. When I'm on TV and you start talking about the Celtics, you know, I feel like they're the best team uh, in the league. I feel like, you know, they the, the direction that they're going in is, is perfect. I mean, they're built for the long run. They still have draft picks they're going to get next year. And they're already ahead of expectations right now with their record and, and everything that they've been doing. They're, this is the prime example of how you rebuild. You know, some teams, when they lose their all-stars and veterans and they don't get the necessary assets or picks needed to, to build for the future, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not doing things right. We're talking with Paul Pierce. Uh, speaking of that trade, and I don't know if there's a, a funny story from that or something that you've never revealed before, but what happened when Ainge calls to tell you he's trading you? You know, the, the thing is, this is something that didn't happen out the blue. Uh, it was like always kind of open dialogue uh, with what our position was on the team. And it, I guess it all really started with the Ray Allen, you know, nearly getting traded the year before. And then uh, 
you know, him just saying, you know, I don't, I don't know how much longer I can keep this team together. Uh, we're not going to be contenders. He's prepared for the future. There was always open dialogue. So it wasn't a surprise the first day Danny, you know, called and said, you know, we have a trade on the table. It was like, you know, it was a mutual kind of thing. I knew they wanted to go into a rebuild. Doc was 50-50 on the – because Doc didn't want to be a part of no rebuild, and I didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. You know, even though I wanted to be a subject at that stage, I wanted at least another shot at maybe one of the championships. So we felt like maybe the best destination out of probably all the scenarios was Brooklyn, uh, especially if you package with me and KG. So it was kind of like really a mutual thing, and, you know, both sides really going in opposite direction. Me not wanting to rebuild, the Celtics ready for a rebuild, and – you know, it was, that's why it was no hard feelings. Elsewhere in the NBA tonight, team not rebuilding in the Thunder, but recalibrating a bit. Uh, of course, adding Oklahoma City did Paul George and Carmelo Anthony over the offseason. Not living up to expectations so far. They're hosting the Warriors tonight. All eyes will be on that game. And simply put, Paul, why aren't the Thunder that good? Well, the thing is, when you put together this type of talent, you know, the, the good teams, when they like when you look at Golden State, they have four great players. But you got to understand, they all got a different type of skill set. You got Clay Thompson, he doesn't need the ball in his hand. You know, he's more of a catch-and-shoot guy. Clay, uh, Draymond Green, he's a rebounder defender, some playmaking. Curry is their primary playmaker, and Durant is their primary scorer. You know, they both share that. But when you look at the Thunder, they have three guys who just say like the year before, they played on teams that they were the, the main go-to guy. They were the, the they played isolation basketball, and, and that was their role as the star. You know, I have to make all the plays for everybody else. So now you bring them all together. And, you know, they all have similar skill sets. It's not like one can say, all right, I'll be a spot-up-and-shoot guy or come off down screen or be a slasher. You know, these guys have thrived over the years off their isolation basketball. And now you put them together. So somebody's going to have to give and take for this team to be successful. Somebody's got to take a step back, say, look, all right, I'll play this role for the team. I'll be more of a primary maybe, you know, a guy that maybe Melo say, I'll be a primary post player. See, that's what it is. And also when you look at our big three in Boston with me, Kevin, and Ray, you know, Ray – Ray was a shooter. I was our primary playmaker scorer. Kevin was our low post presence. So it's a little bit different. Just because you put the talent together and the big names together doesn't always mean it'll work out. I mean, for example, you look at the Lakers when they got the White Howard, Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant. You know, sometimes it doesn't always work out because the skill, the, the, the skill sets kind of overlap each other. It's such a great point because when you three came together, I remember thinking, okay, they all play at different areas on the floor. And that's and I also think it was better too because you guys were older and it sort of been over it individually and just go let's try to figure this thing out together and I think that's an underrated part of that. Now because I was up there, I was in the building in 2008 for the wheelchair game and I have been at ESPN now for over a decade and I stick up for you all the time when the anti Paul Pierce people and the people are going to think I'm kissing up to you right now. I'm just spitting facts and the facts are that you never missed games except for when they tried to tank at the end of that year before they got everybody. Are you annoyed when people think that you're somehow soft? When I saw you get your teeth busted out in a game and come back and play, you never missed games, and yet people that don't want to get over it, maybe just hate you or hate the Celts, want to use that wheelchair incident against you. You know, most of those people are Laker fans anyway. 
<laughs> you know, I, I hardly, I don't get that from pretty much anybody else. And, and the story behind that was when we were coming off the floor, I told them to let me put weight on it, but they wanted to carry me. I told them, let me stand up, but they wanted to put me in a wheelchair. So they were using all these precautions. And that's why we got the, the famous wheelchair game that people will never forget. And as far as my toughness, I don't think people really question that. People know what type of player I am and who I am as an individual. People know I will play through pretty much anything. If I can walk and run and jump out there, I'm going to play through it. So I don't know. I think those are just the Laker fans who are questioning that. I agree with you, You got to understand, you they're Hollywood. Me. They're used to fake things. <laughs> so they they thought it was just you be. That's the thing. Like other players, I probably would have crushed for it. I'd be like, "Come on, this dude!" And then you come back and you're good to go. But I just I had seen so many times you never missed any games, and that was something. When it's a guy like you, the producers like you do, and you can count on them all the time, uh, that's a whole other skill, man. So look, we're big fans. Keep doing your thing on television. That's again tonight. And hopefully, we'll have you on again soon. All right, thanks, man. That's Paul Pierce, one of our analysts on ESPN NBA Countdown. Warriors of Thunder tonight. Cover starts at 7 Eastern on ESPN. Herm Edwards on what do you do with Tyrod in that locker room and have you lost him for the rest of the year? That and the Denver change of quarterback with Will Reeve, the Rosillo Show. It's ESPN Radio. Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. I have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people. Every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. Will Reeve. Co-host today, Snoop Dogg, Trump, Will Reeve. That story a little <laughs> bit later. Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio, Herm Edwards in studio. How do you handle this story in Buffalo with the quarterbacks if you're McDermott with Tyrod Taylor? Oh, he's handling it the right way. I think what you have to do, basically, it's not about the fans. It's not about, uh, obviously, uh, us, the media that watch the situation there. It's about the players in the locker room. And he's basically going to address it and say, you know what, guys? Last week's on me. I put a young quarterback in a bad situation, and I put our team in a bad situation. We're going to go with Tyrod going forward. He's our guy. I think when you look at this team, a couple things you have to keep in mind. Um, They had everyone excited early for a lot of reasons. Uh, They were playing very good on defense in this sense. They were taking the ball away. They were able to run the football, control the clock played a game like they wanted it to be played. Well, by doing that, they really massaged a lot of the flaws in this team. This is still a young team. It's a team that's growing with a new head coach, and he's trying to evaluate players and win games. And so early people got all excited, and I could remember sitting back watching this team early. I go, there's some flaws here that I see haven't been exposed yet. They've been exposed now, and the Jets exposed them. The Jets did not allow them to run the football. They put the onus on the quarterback having to go back and pass 
this offense is not fit to do that. This whole offense runs through two players, Tyrod Taylor and McCoy. And when that doesn't work and your defense doesn't turn the ball over and take get a takeaways, you become a passing team. Well, in the last three games, defense has given up 40 points a game, about an average. They are down in the first half of games. Generally, here's the numbers. They've been outscored 122 to 78. So now you can't run the ball. You got to throw the ball. Defense not holding anybody. Defense gives up about 23 first downs in a game. That's way too many. The average is 18. All these things become a factor. I know I said it took a long story, but that's the Buffalo Bills. No, but it's a good story. Do we, though, overestimate, because I don't know that I buy it, but I hear it all the time from people I work with, that you can't do this to Tyrod. Now Tyrod will have given up the locker You'll have lost oh. Tyrod. You'll have lost the locker room. No. If you're Tyrod, you're excited. You're 5-5. Five and five. Here's the deal. You're, you're sitting on the brink of, are we in the playoffs or are we not? Here's the deal. You got three winning teams that you got to try to beat. You got six games with three of them are winning teams. Two of them happen to be played uh, by in the quarterbacks, Captain America, and you play Kansas City. So let's just say you don't win those. You're an 8-8 football team yeah. if you beat the other ones. But if you're Tyrod Taylor, you're saying this, I'm going to carry this team to the playoffs. Whether I'm the quarterback or not, because basically I'm performing for 31 other teams right now because I got my job back. So I want to play good. See, look, this is what fans think. Well, you just hurt the locker room. You hurt the players. Here's what you need to know. Every player is an independent contractor. He plays for the team. He plays for the players on his team. But independently, you're an independent contractor. What do I mean by that? Every time you perform, you are performing for yourself, for your goods and service, to maybe go somewhere else if that team doesn't like you, to say, I'm a pretty good player. Would you like to have me on your roster? So he's in a good situation. What type of mentality does a guy like Tyrod Taylor, who sort of offered his services as an independent contractor, then do when he had to go back to the Bills for a a discount, really, and now he's been benched, now he's back? What is the mentality of a player like that who knows that he might be looking over the fence, but he needs to play well for his team now? Tyrod Taylor understands this. I'm always going to struggle to be the starting quarterback wherever I go because no one believes I can do it. And the only way he can really do it is play. You can't you can't do that and show people that if you're sitting on the bench. So he has to keep performing well. Look, he was fine. When, when they were controlling the game, short passes. He didn't turn the ball over. That's how they wanted to play. But that hasn't transpired in the last couple of weeks. In the last three weeks especially, he's had to go back and throw. Plays, passes of 15 or more down the field, he's 52%. That ain't a good number. But that's not on him. See, they were playing complimentary football, but now they've been exposed. Look, this defense is 25th in the National Football League. It's not like it's first. They got what? They got, they got 15 sacks. Their deal was they took the ball away, gave the offense a short field. McCoy made some spectacular plays. They win games, and people think, well, they're going. If you look at them, you're going, there's some flaws here. We got Herm Edwards with us. Okay, the Denver Broncos going with Paxton Lynch. Oh, Expectations for him. Well, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> well, no, it's just, you know, the, the sad thing about this whole deal is a couple things. Their inability to, to play consistent offense now has affected maybe one of the better defenses in captivity. And the fact that they don't slow people down anymore either. Now, they've been a little exposed as well. Uh, they're not that, knocking a quarterback down as much. And when people attack their inside cover presence, uh, they're just average. New England did it. They didn't throw the ball at the corners. 
threw the ball at the safeties and the linebackers. That's what you do against Denver. You spread them out, you throw the ball against the linebackers and, and the safeties, and you say, well, we'll play that way. And if Von Miller doesn't hit us in the head, we'll get rid of the ball and we're good. And now you have an offense that would like to run the football, uh, but struggle doing that because they're behind. And here's the problem with the quarterbacks. In my humble opinion, and I've said this before on air, and I'll say it again, and people look at me like I'm crazy, and that's fine. Um, in the history of football, for the last 50 years, there's never been quarterbacks that are six, seven, or above that have been successful in our league. They have two of them, Paxton Lynch and Brock Osweiler. Now, they may be break. They, they, I hope they prove that. I hope they prove that number wrong. I do. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. You know, bet against players. I don't. I don't wish any ill on any players. I want all players to play well. But they're struggling, and there's a reason for that. And when you watch them play, you can see the struggle. There's a long delivery. All these things become a factor. Now, I'm not making it up. I'm just saying that's what I see, and that's the history of our league. And so, hopefully, this guy has some success. These guys can start winning with the quarterback. Because if not, think about where they're at right now. It's a they got, yeah. They got three quarterbacks. And they don't feel good about any three of them. Right, right. So now what do you do? Well, it's a common refrain. They say, you see what you have, right? The time uh-huh. to see what you have. What do they have in any of their quarterbacks? What do they have in Paxton Lynch who couldn't even make it out of training camp? Well, we don't know yet because we haven't seen a body of work. Generally, it says this. I always say this. Unless you have a savant, unless you, you know, there's certain guys, they play the position and they're rookies and you go, wow. We know that Deshaun Watson doesn't need 3,000 snaps to say he's going to be a good quarterback. We know Carson Wentz doesn't need 3,000 snaps to be a good quarterback. We've seen that. We knew when Andrew Luck came in the league, we said, he don't need 3,000 snaps. I say 3,000 this way because 3,000 snaps, 1,000 snaps of offense every year. So what is 3,000? That's three years. Okay. Now, these guys might need that. Oswaller, the ship might have sailed. Paxton Lynch, not yet. And played enough. So we'll find out, but that's the number I always keep in my mind. Always good, Herm. Have a great Thanksgiving. You guys have the same. Thanks. That's Herm Edwards. All right, up next, Will Reeve was like in the pre-show. Oh, I got a Trump story about Twitter. Okay, let's hear it. Soup Dog's involved. It's ESPN Radio. I have to go to the gym and untangle my headphones while warming up on the treadmill. And I'll finally untangle them four miles later, at which point I'm going to be real tired! Oh, yeah! Motorcycles make everything exciting. And when GEICO makes it easy to switch and save on motorcycle insurance, it's even more exciting. And once I put my headphones in, I realize my phone's dead! Then I get to run in silence! GEICO Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Bruce Feldman is going to help us sort out all the Chip Kelly stuff because I don't know what report to believe now on the timeline of when he's going to make a decision. He's met with UCLA. He's met with the Gators. He apparently was talked to Tennessee at some point, um, shot that down. He, I think he told Nebraska, based on another report, that he's like, we're good. I'm not going to be interested. Don't waste your time with this. So Bruce will help. But uh, this morning it was awesome. I woke up and saw a bunch of people get mad at the president's tweets, uh, which feels like a lot of mornings here. Uh, these it's were more Wednesday, right? More sports uh, specific. He went at Lavar, called him a, a Don, a poor man's Don King, with no hair. Um, okay, and then you know he's still going on this Marshawn thing the whole time. But you actually have some <laughs> kind of involvement in this. I am. I, yeah, I don't even know how to describe this. I'll start with a question, I guess. How often do you, in the course of doing your job, whether it's here 
doing the radio show or Sports Center hits or whatever else you've done in your career? How often are you cognizant as you're talking that there are people watching or listening to you? I never think about it anymore. Right. I, when I'm in the studio, I feel like I'm just sitting here with you talking. Exactly. And right. I, I don't think about it either. And when I'm doing something for Sports Center or whatever, it's just the studio, who, the producer in my ear, whoever's running the camera. Like, I don't think that there's anyone watching this stuff. And it's kind of cool to find out that people are, in fact, watching. And I, this week, uh, today, of course, I'm here with you in studio on ESPN News and, and on ESPN Radio. But the past two days, I've been doing the TV only updates. For your show, as well as within first take, it's called Sports Center right now. Is filling in for Tony Collins, and it's a fun time. I don't think about anybody watching it, but turns out someone who I, who I really like and who a lot of people know, was certainly watching. Man by the name of Calvin Brodus, you might know him as Snoop Dogg, the D O Double G, yeah, yes. And the reason that I know that uh, Mr. Dog, the Dog Father. Was watching underrated. Was watching first take. Oh, oh, it's fantastic. Gin Gin and Juice was the first rap song. No, but I'm talking about Dog Father, the actual album. I told him that. I said I feel like that was ahead of its time. So you told him, so you know him. Well, he's he's, you're already you're you're sort of he likes ESPN. ESPN likes my story. I'm screwing you up. I'm sorry. Um, So there I am minding my own business. I drive home uh, Monday night. Monday, of course, was the day that Donald Trump had woken up early to tweet about Marshawn Lynch sitting for the American national anthem, standing for the Mexican anthem in Mexico City against the Patriots on Sunday afternoon. Donald Trump had thoughts about that. So we, as a journalistic enterprise at SportsCenter in the updates, teed up first take with an update of, hey, here's what the president tweeted. I read the president's tweets about Lynch verbatim and then said, for more on this, we send it over to first take right now. Right? And that's it. Snoop Dogg was watching, and I know this because he filmed himself on Instagram First, he was took a, a video of me reading the tweets like he was watching the TV. Oh, so this is a good edit by Snoop Dogg. Yes. So he's making sure you're teeing up the story in his own IG video. Yes. So he it, it is edited. He films the thing and then turns the camera on me once we've set up the fact that this is what he's about to rail against and goes on a minute-long political rant. We don't need to get into it. We couldn't even play it here because it's really profane. It's classic Snoop. But <laughs> I have been getting hit up. By my friends, I'm from Connecticut. All right, yeah. I went to school in Vermont. I am a like northeastern white guy. I mean, I literally couldn't be more aligned with you. So right. I, so I, I am not necessarily from. the world star or hood clips demographic. Nor did I think my friends Street watchers. Were. Yeah. Right. But I am getting more. My DMs are popping off with just my super white friends sending me all this world star stuff. Like, yo, you're on Snoop's Instagram. It's hilarious. That and, is actually pretty so, cool. That yeah. is that is cool. See, but the thing is, is with you, I think that you're a little bit more in line with the famous people than you're even giving yourself credit for. I, you I see to, I some of your social so. media stuff. You're with Who Kid at the, what, the Met Gala? No, this is at a, 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 my family has a foundation that he comes and DJs. The, oh, Who the Kid does it for party. you? Yeah. yeah, Who Kid's the best. But He's do you, the man. Have you been to the Met Gala? <laughs> My, I know someone who... Uh, oh, Mike, so you went! I know someone who organizes it. So you get to go? I, I could go, My, yeah. So, okay, so I, I think it's cool that you're impressed. It shows this humble side of you, and it's not fake. Like, I've got to know you a little bit. You are too humble, a guy, because to act like you're really impressed by... You could be hanging out with Snoop this weekend, and I wouldn't even know it. I I would love to hang out with Snoop this weekend. You've never hung out with him? I've never met him. Never met him? No, but you I mean... Be- all right, we're going to set that up. You Not that clearly I, have, man. I don't have like, that kind of pull. You're, you're more hooked up than I am. I, you just, you're too nice to me. All right, Chip Kelly, where is he going? Bruce Feldman may know. He'll tell us next.